You're listening to the Fired Up Podcast Network. Let's get fired up. This is Fired Up NFL Draft Podcast. Your host, Daniel Guerin, Mitch Wolf. Mitch, how you doing today? I'm doing great. Ready to talk defensive backs. Yeah, so today we got three SEC corners for you. We have Kair Elam, number five for the Florida Gators. Josh Job, number 28 for the Crimson, Alabama Crimson Tide. And Derek Stingley Jr., who is now number seven for the LSU Tigers. So let's start out with Kyrie Elam. Kyrie Elam has played in 25 games, 13 games as a freshman, then 12 as a sophomore. He has started 17 of those, all 12 this past year, and then started five as a true freshman. What did you think of Elam? So Elam's, the first thing that jumps out to you is his size. He's 6'2", 195, and you can tell he's very long. Uh, they use him in a lot of different roles. He mostly plays wide corner, obviously, but they play him in the slot. They play him at safe. They use him as a blitzer. So I think that, you know, if, you know, after a few years in the NFL, you know, if he's kind of started to lose some athleticism, definitely a guy that you could see converting to safety down the road. Um, but as of right now, he's got really good athleticism. Um, he's got really good explosive speed. Um, his click and close is great. That's my best trait for him is his ability to trigger once the ball is thrown and get downhill. Um, his press technique is very good, uh, which makes sense, you know, being that long and lanky and athletic, you know, that makes sense for a guy like that. Um, my concerns with him are basically that I'm not sure how he plays his zone corner. He might be limited just being a man press corner, which there are worse things you could be. Uh, so I'm a little worried about his uh, like mental processing. I maybe in zone just he's allowing a lot of separation when he, especially when he's in off zone, which I'm that part of that could be scheme. I'm not exactly sure. And then I like, he has like that great long athleticism, but sometimes, you know, some really good receivers like with elite quickness and explosiveness can get him on some shorter routes. <laughs> yeah. So uh, that last point is going to be, no, we're going to jump around a bit, but that last point is my thing to improve for him is his lateral agility, just being able to stick with those shiftier receivers. But like you said, he he is good in terms of that click and close, like you said, going from the back pedal downhill. And you you did say he did does allow a lot of room there when he is in zone coverage. It's tough to tell because but just honestly, that Florida defense last year was a complete and absolute mess all across the board. And so really just they it's tough to say if it's a scheme thing or if it was him, because there were a lot of corners doing very similar things for the Gators. But the thing is, those other corners were bad. <laughs> so it's hard to tell if it's just him not being good 
at that and messing up and everyone else is also messing up, which very possible because he was about the only good cornerback they had last year, or it could be a scheme thing. It's yeah. tough to tell. Yeah. My, my, so my worst trade for him though, is his tackling. Like this dude is I like, so the, so once, so getting downhill is good, but once he's going downhill, then it's a bit of a risky proposition because he is very reckless when he's a, if so even if he's going after ball carrier like he's not the most willing or ex, you know, excited tackler or you know participant in run defense but you know he's very reckless tackling a good amount of missed tackles not even just getting juked out just like physically missing them and allowing them to break out and then for my improvement i'd want to see some more consistent ball skills specifically his hands which it's you know he's a cornerback for a reason you know he's not a wide receiver but i'd like to see him kind of you know make some more plays on the ball especially getting some more interceptions yeah and i i don't necessarily you said that was your thing to improve yeah because like because like you were saying like i'm not you said like you want to see his lateral agility improve i'm just not sure like i I try to not have that as an improvements because some guys most guys it's like their athletic ability is what it is. There's not much you can do to change it. So something like ball skills, you know, maybe that's something he can work on and improve at the next level. Yeah. And, and his ball skills in terms of actual production aren't terrible. He has 20 pass breakups and five interceptions in his career so far, which isn't terrible, but yeah, he does miss out on some opportunities to do that. Yeah. That's like what I'm saying is like, yeah, I've seen it like, okay, there's some good plays. Like, let's just make that, more consistent and like yeah you know if if he could make the tackling more consistent i'd really like that but uh, i just don't think he really has the mentality for that it seems yeah there is the tackling ability is actually a good transition point because i believe there is one corner that we talk about today that is a actual good tackler and that is josh job from alabama very physical player for the Crimson Tide, and he's a older player. He'll be 24 by the time he starts as a rookie. He is, like like I said, older player for the Tide. But if you want to talk about that tackling and that physicality, he'll, he'll run up and hit somebody. He, hit, he is very skinny, which not ideal for someone that you're looking at as something, as someone being physical. But yeah, just will has no has just reckless abandon when it comes to being physical. And that's actually my thing to improve. He's a little over aggressive and overzealous and not just in terms of tackling, but in terms of his press, he gets a little over aggressive oh, yeah. and he mm-hmm. wants to play everything at the break. And then even at the ball, he has a lot of penalties too. Yeah. playing the ball. And it's just all throughout his entire game and it's great for him on special teams which he's plays on as well it's a great trait for that but as a starting corner it's a little rough to be over aggressive like that yeah it's funny i think if you if you uh could like ask any defensive back or defensive coordinator coach you know hey would you rather have your corner be you know not higher elam aggressive or josh job aggressive every single one pick josh job aggressive uh just even for the run defense aspect and like you can see that like that's definitely something drilled into these alabama defensive backs because like you said you know i mentioned that Kyrie elam was pretty reckless and he was just tackling in a bad way and you're saying in a good way and i think that's definitely true and that he's 
he's attacking the ball carrier every play. You know, even if he's on the complete opposite side of the field, he's finding ways to get there and help out if he can. Um, and he's a good, good form tackler. And like you said, he's only 185. So, you know, he's not bringing a ton of size. You know, he's what he's like 10 pounds less than Elam, but he's kind of, he's still bringing that physicality kind of like uh, Levi Wallace a few years ago for the Crimson Tide. Um, and I, I definitely agree with you. I think his best trait is that run defense and tackling. Um, but I think that, how to project him at the next level. Like if he's like a pure off cover zone corner, I think he can be very successful because he does a very good job of reading routes, watching the quarterback size and kind of navigating some deep zones and like feeling out where routes are going to be. Like he was very comfortable with his back to the receiver, um, not as comfortable with his back to the ball and man coverage, like you said, leading to those penalties. So, and for that, I have his worst trade is ball skills because you know, a lot of times when you're getting those interference penalties, it's kind of around the time the ball is arriving. Um, and he does, he has a few, he doesn't have any interceptions last year. He had a good amount. He had a few pass breakups. So that's probably his worst trait, but you know, I think a lot of coaches will be like, yeah, that's, you know, it's fine. Um, and improvement would be just general line of scrimmage skills. Like you said, he gets too aggressive with his hands. He, he even get just too aggressive with his feet or they're just out of position if he's uptight and press. Um, so I think that that's something that could be worked on. I'm not sure how much they're going to work on that this year, or they'll just have him stick as kind of that off cover zone corner. But, you know, if he gets to the next level, maybe there's a defensive back coach that can kind of teach him up in that aspect of the game. Yeah. And they like to play him as that boundary corner mm -hmm. and really all of his good traits really translate well into that. But when you go into the NFL, you're going to be asked to do a whole lot more than what you're asked to do not in terms of necessarily like more complicated stuff you're just going to be asked to be able to you it's a bit more not necessarily spread out but you don't have as often the sideline to work with and mm -hmm. like he does at Bama you do have those tighter hashes and so you're playing a lot more in space and that one of his worst traits I thought was his hips, hip mobility. Just mm. didn't love that thought. He struggled with guys that were super athletic and Elam, Elam, we said had the same thing, but Joe Job's Job's weakness there is more detrimental than Elam's because you know, exactly what Elam is going to be and that isn't necessarily going to be his primary as much affect his primary responsibilities he's going to be on a, you're going to want to throw him on an x receiver and just have him press him and that's what I you're going to want him to do whereas Job is a like we said the smaller guy we're going you're going to want to line him up more in zone and then when he is in man that's going to really show up a lot more yeah i think generally just job is a little more athletically limited than elam and yeah i think you definitely pointed that out with his hip mobility his hip fluidity like he's doesn't have that great change of direction that elam has you know from the back pedal to the triggering downhill and i just think he's just limited in terms of speed in general like i think a good amount of guys like we're able to kind of beat him over the top or just outrun him um even going vertical or going across the field um so, yeah, I think he, just in general, he's not 
an elite athlete like you know some other Alabama players are like Patrick Sertan or other guys like that he's just not going to test as well as them um, so I, I'm not sure that he's you know a super high ceiling guy because like you said like he is an older prospect so he might be athletically maxed out which at this point is kind of a problem um, he did play a decent a little bit in the slot and he was pretty okay with that I'm not sure that that's something he can do at the next level because those kind of wide receivers are going to be so much quicker and faster that that could be a problem but you know, just that mentality of him being that kind of run defender. And he's still like in a, in a zone heavy defense, you know, he's going to have a role and he can be successful in a team on a team like that. Yeah. And you look, Levi Wallace was a day three pick. You talked about him a little bit earlier and he's starting at outside corner for the bills. Yeah. Like the bills. Yeah. Like the bills are like, have been trying to figure out a way to get him off the field and they just can't like, and like, I think while like Wallace was that same way, like he was an older guy, I think he was a walk on even and ended up being a starter for the Crimson Tide, which is extremely rare. Um, but you know, he's hasn't been able to get replaced yet. He's still just playing very solid. And again, as a defense and team that runs a lot of, you know, that deep off zone coverage. So, you know, I think those, I think Job is a a better athlete than Wallace is, but I think that those two are pretty similar prospects. Yeah. And Job also brings that special teams ability. That's Mm -hmm. going to get him to get onto the field, even if he isn't necessarily starting immediately. So Definitely a guy to look for. I don't really see a way, and we forgot to do this with Elam, but I don't really see a way in which Job reaches a first-round pick or even a high second. But no, I I see him right now as a late day two guy, maybe early day three, and just a you know what you're getting with him. But I just don't see a lot of high-end upside. He has the potential to be a corner two, but there's a chance he ends up as a special teamer in the league. But I think he's going to be on an NFL roster for eight, ten years. Oh yeah, and one in either of those roles. But I just don't see the high end upside with him. Where do you yeah. see him? I would I would agree with that. I think I think you're dead on in that early day three, late day two. So, you know, back end of round three, maybe for a team that, you know, those are like playoff teams usually. So if they're pretty deep at corner, but they are maybe looking to the future, be like, okay, we need to kind of have a guy in the house to develop, be our, you know, our, our third outside corner in case somebody goes down and, you know, Job's not going to necessarily be a huge liability for you if you're in the right defense. Um, yeah, I agree. I don't think he has the athleticism to be that, you know, day one or early day two corner. You know, if you're going to be that kind of guy, you got to have some great athletic traits kind of like Elam is. So we'll transition to Elam with that. And I, I would think Elam is probably early second round, maybe like into the first, just because he does have that great athletic athleticism. He's got the great build. Um, he is pretty good at the line of scrimmage. Um, so that all those things you like to see uh, just some like more, I would say like technical things that need to get cleaned up. Um, once you get off the line of scrimmage down and down the field. So you know, there's def, but there's definitely just higher upside with Elam because of that athletic ability and size. Yeah, I agree right there. Early second round, maybe sneaks into the first. It's going to really depend. There's a lot of good corners in this class, and it's really going to be after you get done with those top, top guys. I really think it just becomes more of a what guy fits my scheme best. And that could mean he goes anywhere, I think, as high as like a 20 all the way down to in the 40s really I think he has a wider range there just yeah, going... he's, yeah that that athletic ability just gives you a little more versatility with his scheme and like we said like off zone isn't his best but like he's still 
serviceable. Whereas if you're putting Job in a, you know, like a Miami Dolphins scheme where they're just running man all the time and like a good amount of press, that's going to leave you open to a lot of big plays on his end. Yeah. And we'll transition here to a guy who the scheme does not necessarily matter. It's Derek Stingley Jr. Just one of the best corner prospects in this draft, probably the best, but we'll see. There's a lot of guys who like Andrew Booth as well from Clemson and someone could step up as well, but Derek Stingley Jr. is going to wear number seven for the Tigers this year. He's been a starter since his freshman year back in 2019 on that national championship team. And what do you like about Stingley? Um, the better question is what don't I like? Because that's a much shorter conversation. So I actually just wrote a scouting report, a full scouting report on him for expandthebox.com, um, which it should be coming out in the next few days. Um, but there's really nothing I didn't like about stick. I didn't like about Stingley. I think he's just really, he really is kind of that perfect corner prospect. Now he's got like the ideal size for an outside cornerback. He's got incredible athletic ability, like his hip fluidity, his foot foot quickness, his just general movement skills. I mean, they were going to play wide receiver this year, but he's still having some nagging injuries. So that's been put on hold for now, but he was also their starting punt returner at the beginning of 2019. Then they kind of shifted him off that once they're like, okay, this dude's our number one corner. We have to protect him. Um, so he's got all the athletic ability in the world. Obviously comes from a very athletic family. His grandfather played in the NFL. His dad was a first round pick in the MLB, MLB draft in the nineties. Um, he's got, and so he has all that athletic ability, which is great. And he also has a really refined game. He's got excellent line of scrimmage deals. His punch power in press is incredible for a corner, and especially a corner that isn't super isn't crazy long or crazy strong. Like he's still kind of skinny, but man, he puts his hands on guys at the line of scrimmage and they're getting knocked around. It is crazy. And he's also extremely disciplined when he's in coverage. Like if a guy, you know, gets him for a second, like he's not panicking. He's not really committing penalties. He just gets on his horse, catches up, eliminates any separation. And then he's usually able to make a play on the ball. So I really struggled to find anything bad with Derek Stanley. The only thing I would say maybe is, if they're running kind of a complex zone coverage and there's a very complex route combination coming at him, he'll kind of lean toward just taking the first receiver in his area, maybe leave some other route open. So, and that was, and I think that the plays I saw that were from his freshman year and last year he had some issues with injuries and illness. So kind of a weird year for him, but that's something you can probably clean up just with some more playing time where he's, you know, fully healthy and everything. Yeah. And Stingley, like you said, just not a whole lot to point out in terms of negative traits and stuff but i thought his best trait it's not it's hard to pick a best trait he's so good at a lot of things but one thing i did want to point out was his mirroring ability mm-hmm. and i did pick out a worst trait and something to improve it's not that he's unwilling to do so but i think he's a bad tackler mm-hmm. it's he he doesn't lack the willingness he just kind of dives at the legs yeah and definitely want to see him get better technique there as a tackler. And like I, like I said, it's not unwillingness. He will run up and tackle. He just isn't necessarily having the best technique while doing so. Yeah. Was And did you watch 29, like both 2019 and 2020 or was that? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And that, that issue persisted. Uh, okay. Yeah, it, it was, it got better, but like I could very easily see him cleaning that up this year because 
it got better. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think that might just also be like you said, like playing time. And I think I'd ideally like to see him if he can, you know, without losing athleticism, you know, maybe put on a little weight. Cause I think he is kind of skinny in the legs, the arms and a bit in the core, but you know, obviously I don't want to see him do that at the risk of his health because you know, he had some minor issues that kind of kept him from being hundred percent last year, which was really a shame. And I'm hoping that he can, you know, be at full strength this year, because I think he's got a chance to be, you know, a top three pick probably in this year's upcoming draft. Yeah. And I forgot what game it was, but one of the games I, you saw him line up all over the field as well. Saw him line up as that outside corner, nickel corner. And then the one that was surprising that I didn't see in the other games I watched, but I did see in the in one was saw him line up a couple times as a single high safety. Yep, I saw that too. Yeah, and, and, I mean, if, if he's gonna do that, like he he might be kind of like, I mean, I'm not sure how much they're gonna do it, but you know, the Patrick Peterson, Tyron Matthew type, where he just has that crazy athletic ability that he could really do anything. You know, be a versatile chess piece in a defense that you can move around and use as a weapon or, you know, use him as your more Stefan Gilmore type and just have him locked down one side of the, of the field. Yeah. And you've seen a lot with Peterson. He's depending on what the Cardinal said one to do in the past. He's done a little bit of both where he has been that just play on the outside, be a lockdown corner. And then he's went and become a guy who plays a lot as a hybrid, sometimes corner, sometimes safety. And as you get as you get older and lose the athleticism, you really start to transition more into being that safety type more so than being the shutdown outside corner, just because it's hard to maintain being a shutdown corner when the athleticism starts to wane a little bit as you get into your 30s there. I actually looked up Patrick Peterson's combine numbers today because I was kind of, I was thinking about it and I was like, oh, I wonder what his numbers were. First of all, did you know that Patrick Peterson weighed in at 219 pounds at his combine? I did not, but uh, that's <laughs> you, insane. You want to guess his 40 time? 431. Four, 431 oh. four, at 219 pounds and just over six feet. Dear God. <laughs> and his, okay, his short shuttle is 4.07 and his three cone was 6.58. Just Absolutely for references, not. yeah, that for reference that people, for people that don't know what all those numbers are, that's a freak athlete. Yeah. And that's, that's a freak athlete for a cornerback. And he's doing it about 30 pounds heavier than other cornerbacks. Yeah. So uh, by his, so for corners, his 40 was in the 99.2nd percentile. Uh, his three cone was in the 97.1 percentile. Yeah, and, and by I, his and by and then there's by size and it gets even crazier. Like his, his all of his all of his 40 splits were in the 99th percentile. His broad jump was in the 90th. His three comes in the 96th. His 60 yard shuttle was in the 95th. Just bonkers numbers. <laughs> and the thing with Stingley is outside of the weight and size aspect, I if he's in the 90th percentile in testing, it would not shock me at all. Oh he's, yeah, no he's question. an athletic freak. 
Yeah. He, like, he doesn't have that same size, but no. like outside of that, I could see him test very similarly. That That's something that, like I mentioned with his, like he doesn't panic. And I think just because he knows he's like, I have such great speed and you know acceleration, change of direction, whatever you want to call it, that if I get, you know, beat by a second or like just by like half a second, like I can recover that without a problem. And I, I'll say this. I think that there was like, there were a few like elite wide receivers that gave him occasional trouble. So like George Pickens gave him one or two plays where he got him, you know, some of the Alabama guys got him once or twice, but he's, he has that great, like, competitive toughness where you know if he gets beat once it's not gonna you know shatter his confidence for the game yeah and i just think sting stingley's just so good when we talk about giraffe range a giraffe range is how high does someone want to take a cornerback mm-hmm. um, i mean jeff akuda went yeah, three yeah. and where wherever that number is where they feel where a team feels comfortable taking a corner that's where he should go you can argue him thibodeau best player whatever yeah I mean, we don't really have going again there yeah we don't really have a number one quarterback yet and i'm not really sure there will be one so we could see like a top five that is mostly defensive players for the first time in a very long time and you know i think sting i think there's an outside chance it's probably not gonna happen just because quarterbacks but like stingley is in the conversation for the number one overall pick right now yeah, or at least it, I think he should be, especially if a team that has drafted their quarterback, such as like the Jets, get that. Yeah. Pick. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That'd be good. Yeah. If the Jets can get that pick, like obviously they need both edge rusher and mm. corner. Mm-hmm. So you don't necessarily know which one they would end up taking, but either one of them, I would be ecstatic as a Jets fan. And any of those other teams, that if you have your quarterback and you get a top five pick, you should be wanting Stingley. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I, I don't think there's many teams that are, when it comes to corners, where you're just set, especially if you're a bad team. Like, there's some top-notch defenses that are set at corner, mm-hmm. but there's no bad team. Uh, maybe Broncos. But if, yeah. if we want to consider them bad, they're like, going to be around 500 but yeah and like and, and it's all on quarterback and they've and they've already got they already used a questionably high a high pick on a questionable position of corner you know pa- passing on justin fields for patrick Sertan, who's corner four for them <laughs> yeah yeah they yeah. they 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 would have no issue if they ended up high enough to pick stingley <laughs> they might just go back to the well but uh Listen, you can't have enough corners and like <laughs> Man, Derek Stingley, Patrick Sertan on the same team. Like, hey, listen, you're playing the Chiefs twice a year. You got it. You're going to you're playing Herbert. Like, you got to do something. <laughs> yeah, you'll you'll have a shot to – if you can keep them under 20, you might be able to win. Yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> you're not scoring that much with those quarterbacks. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, so Stingley, it's just a matter of how high does a corner go. And we've seen guys go three. It – like, like you said, he's good enough where if the right team is at one, he's worth one. Mm-hmm. But it's just a matter of that right team getting that pick. And typically, number one overall teams need quarterbacks because they're bad because of bad quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. But yeah, yeah. so just, just a matter of where he goes. And we'll be back next episode with more cornerbacks. Until then, let's get fired up.